morning. We stand up here uh, with a range of emotions. I think the first emotion is disappointment. Disappointment that we're not practicing this week for the Green Bay Packers, that we didn't achieve our goals that we set out when we opened training camp. And I think when you have a disappointing season, it's not just on the players and the coaches. It's also on the front office. And um, that starts with me. And I'm sorry to our fans. They give us tremendous support. I think the second part is a tremendous sense of pride. Uh, pride in our coaching staff, pride in our players, because we sat up here about four years ago and introduced Coach Peterson, and we talked about building a team, building a team that could sustain success, that could be resilient, and I think we've seen that from our team. You know, if I told you four years ago that we'd have 42 wins, including playoff games, a Super Bowl title, that doesn't mean that we've accomplished our goals, but we're proud of that. We have a lot to do going forward. When we look at our team from 2017 to 2019, we knew that we had one team, really a team that we were going to basically stick with. We didn't have a lot of resources in terms of draft picks. That's on me. We made trades for some veteran players to go win. Um, we stick to that. We're glad of those decisions. But going forward, we need to infuse youth in this team. Uh, we have 10 draft picks. We think we're going to have 10 draft picks in this draft. We're excited about that. When we look at what the young players did for our team during, down the stretch, uh, it's a great tribute to them. It's a great tribute to our coaching staff. It's a great tribute to our developmental program that we take a lot of pride in. I think the last part is that we need to look at everything. We need to look at everything. We've started that process during the season. As a front office, we have that ability to do that while the coaches are preparing for games. Uh, one of the things that obviously has been an issue for us has been the injury situation. Uh, when we look at the last three years, in 2017, we were able to overcome it. The last two years, the injuries have really hurt our football team. Now, there is a part of that that is natural during the game. There are injuries are going to happen. Um, but we have to figure out a way to get better here. We can help from a front office perspective by looking at the players that we bring in. Hope is not a strategy when it comes to injuries. Um, when you bring in guys that are injured, it obviously increases the risk that they'll get hurt again. We've hired a new chief medical officer. Um, this is someone that we're very, very excited to have. He came in in June, and what he asked for us was that he would observe, observe through the season, observe our training staff, observe uh, our weight staff, our sports science, our processes, and make recommendations to us that we would carry out. Um, so we're excited about that. That's all I got. Uh, Howie, what is your assessment of the uh, the wide receiver position heading into this offseason, and can you explain the decision to uh, guarantee Alshon Jeffrey's contract for 2020? Yeah, I think the, the first part about it is that uh, we are going to sit down and meet with our coaching staff, with our personnel staff over the coming days, the coming weeks, and we're going to evaluate our football team. We have not done that yet. Um, obviously, the last couple of days have been difficult with end-of-season meetings and talking to people and our players. Um, and, you know, when, when we look at who we started the season with and, and our starting three receivers, obviously they weren't out there in the playoffs. Um, so we got to look at that. we got to look at every position, and we got to look to improve at every position. Um, and we got to get with Coach and his staff and make sure that uh, we're finding the players and uh, the position requirements that they're looking for as well. Um, in terms of Alshon, uh, we had a conversation with Alshon um, before the season, and uh, he took a pay cut, 
in exchange for guaranteeing. Uh, for us, we were trying to create as much flexibility going forward with our roster uh, to create cap space to improve the football team. You know, I, I think we forget some of the contributions to our team that Alshon has had. You know, during our Super Bowl year, the injury he played with, not missing a game, and the, and the contributions in that Super Bowl game. You know, last year, he had 11 catches during the playoffs. I mean, even you look at this year, in his last game, he had, I think, eight catches for over 130 yards in the Miami game. So, you know, Alshon is a talented player. And, um, you know, he loves being an Eagle. He loves the city. I, I think about the moment last year after the New Orleans game when he went into that school and, and put himself out there. So, um, I guess that's my comment on that. Uh, Howie, over here. What was the um, Howie, What was the process that led to you guys drafting JJ Arcega Whiteside ahead of DK Metcalf and other wide receivers that were available? Yeah, I, you know JJ is a talented kid. He's he's got tools in his body. He had production. You know, I think back to uh, after the Baltimore preseason game, and uh, it's funny because uh, myself and some members of our personnel staff got some calls from people around the league that maybe he was going to be. The rookie of the year and so uh, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have to take a jump because he does this offseason is really important for him um, you know I don't think we saw the best of JJ he was affected a little by injuries at the same token um, there have been some successful receivers from this draft class and and we don't have our head in the sand and not notice that uh, and go back and kind of look at that I think when we look at it, the most surprising thing for us as we've kind of studied this and the things that are important was uh, there are three rookie receivers who never had more than 40 catches in a college season um, who've been tremendously productive this year. So uh, is that a factor for us when we look at college production and we kind of see uh, how important that is to us? Do we got to go back and look at that? And um, I think we do. Just to follow up real quickly, was DK, DK on your draft board and was he rated ahead of uh, JJ? I would say this. I don't want to get into where guys were. We take a lot of factors into account, um, not just talking about DK, whether it's medical, um, whether it's character, whether it's production, whether it's fit. Um, and listen, there are a lot of guys who are going to be drafted later than we pick that are end up being good players. Um, we're trying to not have many of them, but I think that the big thing for us is because we haven't had a large number of picks – we have to hit on more of them, and volume's important to us going forward. Uh, nobody in the draft, I think, you know, we look at all the teams that are still playing now. They have missed on picks, uh, high picks. Everyone's going to miss on them. We don't want to, but you have to increase your volume to give yourself a better shot. This question's actually for Doug. Um, Doug, now that the season's over, how do you assess the job of Mike Groh and Carson Walsh, and do you expect them to be on your staff next year? I think both of those guys did an outstanding job for me this year. Um, there was a lot of things we faced offensively, as you know, through adversity, through injury, uh, through um, you know many, many, many different, I think, facets of trying to get the pieces together. Um, and, and so my hat goes off to both of those gentlemen because of the the, the game plans that, that Mike and I and, and, and the offensive staff put together, first of all. And then here towards the end of the season, Carson Walsh having a big impact on, on getting these young players ready to go to play and to play at a high level, that's not easy. That's not easy for guys to basically come off our practice roster who were, what, within weeks of being on our roster, you know, or being on the practice squad to be elevated to game status. That's not easy to do. And, and these two gentlemen uh, did an outstanding job for me, uh, for the team, and uh, really put us in a position to, uh, you know, be in the postseason here at the end of the year.
Martin. Will be back, though. You didn't answer if he'll be back. Yes, both of those guys will be back. <clears throat> uh, this question's for Howie. Sorry, Doug. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, that you guys needed an infusion of youth, you know, with the draft coming up and everything. But you've also signed a bunch of veterans who may or may not be back. I mean, guys like Malcolm, Nigel, Jason Peters, and stuff like that. I mean, how do you balance that um, as far as, you know, having a veteran presence but also, you know, needing to reevaluate with youth and everything? And, and how difficult are some of those decisions going to be, specifically Peters and Malcolm? Yeah, it's, it's very difficult um, when you have guys who've given their heart and soul to this organization, their team, to this team, um, who you've developed personal relationships to say goodbye. Um, and I'm not talking about those guys in general. I'm just talking about that decision. But at the same time, you also need veteran leadership on your football team. Uh, you need guys who've been through it. I think that you saw that for us at the end of the year. There are guys who have been through the adversity and who are able to overcome it and be able to take our young players and lead them and uh, tell them that kind of the expectations that they had. And um, and so you try to balance all those things. Now, we haven't gotten into the evaluation of any of this. We haven't decided on our plan going forward. Um, that's all the things that will happen in the coming days and coming weeks. Jimmy? In uh, each of the last two years, um, you made trade deadline deals last year for Golden Tate and this year for Jannard Avery. Uh, both players, you know, were – I guess the coaching staff had difficulty implementing them into the game plan. Um, how much communication goes on between you and the coaching staff when those deals are made, and is that something that you'll look you'll look at going forward? Yeah, we we have um, a tremendous communication with our coaching staff. I mean, a coach and I probably talk you know five or six times a day about everything. There's no move that we make that isn't with a plan for the player going forward and isn't with a sign-off. I mean, it, it wouldn't be very smart of us to bring a player in and just say, we're bringing this player in because we like them um, and you guys have no say. You know, that's not how we do anything. I think they're, they're two different examples. I think Golden um, was more of a, a win-now kind of move. Uh, when we acquired Gennard, we knew that to get the best of him would take an off-season. Um, he obviously had two and a half years left on his contract. He was someone that uh, we thought was a young player who had explosive traits. And uh, when we talked to coach and, and the defense coaching staff, they said th this trade will pay off more in the future than it will through the course of the year. And so we understood that. Um, we understood that it, it was a high price to pay. But it's hard to find guys with his skill set. Um, and he's a versatile guy. But he'll be best served with an offseason. Tim? Hey, Howie, what have you identified so far about – things that need to be modified in terms of off-season approach uh, given the results of, of this season? Yeah, I think that uh, we got to study everything, and we, we do get a head start on that. Um, I think one of the things, again, is just uh, having the opportunity to have a little bit more resources in terms of draft picks <clears throat> than we've had in the past. And, you know, not the, only does that give you a better chance of hitting on guys, uh, but it also gives you more flexibility. So, I'd say in the past couple of years, uh, obviously moved up for Andre. And once you do that, it's hard to move up and down the board um, to kind of go target guys because you don't have the resources to do that. And um, I think we, we look at that and we know that. Uh, the same token, we'll continue to study and try to figure out ways to get better. And, um, you know, we're excited for the opportunity to do that. You know, we owe it to our fans. We owe it to this organization and Mr. Lurie. This question is for Howie and Doug. What is the hierarchy for decision-making when it comes to promoting guys off the practice squad? For example, if someone's outperforming a player in a regular season, 
How do you arrive at that decision? Well, I think, and Coach can add to that, you know, from our perspective, we want to make sure the coaches have whoever they need on game day. You know, the 46-man roster, uh, really, um, we want to make sure that it's the coaches and that it gives them the best chance to win. And, and sometimes it's not as simple, uh, and we talked about a little, I think Ruben asked this question in training camp about a guy like Greg Ward. And, you know, sometimes you're trying to figure out if the guy's not a starter, what's the role on special teams? You know, how can you complete your special teams? How can you make sure you have enough guys out there that are doing that? And um, so those are the conversations. I mean, every everything that is done for the Philadelphia Eagles – we are talking about this is this is a collaborative process for all of us. We are talking about things all the time, you know. Probably uh, in coach's mind a little too much during the season as he's trying to game plan for things, but um, that's how we roll. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to the practice squad and really you're active when you're when you're talking about a, a game day roster, and, and we start talking about that on Monday after a game. You know, we take a lot of factors um, into consideration, obviously. I mean, injuries coming out of Sunday's game um, is probably the biggest thing that we look at. Obviously, performance, um, you know, whatever it can be. Um, and then we make a, we make it because, how we said, we make it, we make a decision that is, is number one is best for the team. And a lot of times, it, 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 it to be able to bring guys out of the pro, off of the practice roster. It may not be at that position. It might be another position on your team that you need a need somewhere else. And, and so it's not always conducive to, you know, uh, if it's the receiver you're trying to get up, maybe it's not him. Maybe you got to, you know, bring a defensive tackle up, which we've, we've had to do, or a defensive back at times or something like that. So uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but um, we really sit down on Monday and really start putting those pieces together uh, so we can have the guys we need going into the next uh, – Next ball game. Yeah, for Howie. Howie, looking back on the season now, how would you evaluate your individual performance in terms of how this team was assembled, one of the older rosters in the league in a game that's constantly getting younger? Well, first of all, it wasn't good enough, Gun. You know, I mean, we're not playing right now, and uh, that wasn't our goal. That wasn't our expectation. And um, I will do a better job. I will do whatever I have to to make sure that I do a better job. And that we continue to make good decisions. Um, that being said, because of the resources we had the last couple of years, we were trying to find what were the undervalued markets. And so when you talk about the older guys, you know, when you go into free agency, a, a lot of times the guys that are 26 and 27, kind of what we did in 16 with Brandon and Rodney, um, those guys are getting top of the market. And um, so we were trying to figure out ways we can prove this team uh, and bring in some of those guys. and. You know, for us, when we look at it, Malik Jackson was a big loss for us. Mm -hmm. Malik Jackson was a big loss. This is a guy who didn't miss a uh, game in eight years. And then 30-some-odd plays into his Eagles career was down. And that, that was a guy we were really excited about. And so um, some, of, some of the moves we made uh, in the offseason, I kind of distinguished from the moves that we made in August um, where we brought in some guys. And, and what we were trying to do in August was just – um, increase our depth so that if we had injuries, we had guys who had experience in our system. They weren't really free agent signings. They were kind of looking at a short list and saying, hey, this guy may be the last at the position, and if we need a guy in September or October, he'll know the system and we'll be able to bring him back. And um, obviously a couple of those moves didn't work out either. Now, when you look at the surrounding Carson with the weapons he needs to kind of be successful, um, from a speed athleticism standpoint, 
How do you view kind of the state of the roster, and is that an area where that you see you kind of need to upgrade here in the off season? Well, you're always looking to get faster. You're always looking to get more explosive. You know, I think that that's always been something that that's been fun for us to try to do. And um, when we looked at, at last year and where we were, and adding Deshaun and. You know, when we get all these, and I know Jeffrey's talked about some of the data we look at and, and the GPS numbers, you know, Nelson Aguilar is one of the top 10 fastest receivers in the league, you know, and so uh, we felt with adding him, Deshaun and Nelly and, you know, Miles is an explosive player, our tight ends are an explosive group. You know, when we looked at it, um, we felt like we had some speed on the field. Now, obviously, that didn't work out the exact way that we were hoping for, and um, so for us, you know, it's an important thing to do. You know, obviously, Carson's got the ability to make all the throws, and um, we don't want to take that out of our arsenal. So um, without kind of going through the answers to the test, it, it's something that it's always been important to us in building the team. Hey, Howie, uh, Jim Schwartz is, uh, is interviewing in Detroit today. Um, he has a year left on his deal here. What's your uh, attitude toward that, and if he were to get – an offer to go there in a non-head coaching capacity, how would you treat that? You know, um, are you breaking news on this, Jim Schwartz, to Detroit? No. Oh, I'm sorry, Cleveland. Yeah, One I, of those I, cities I, I that's think, in the I industrial north. It's coach uh, would be best served talking about his coaching staff. What was the question? Yeah. Jim Schwartz, Cleveland. Eric Howie, he was out. I think, I mean, obviously, I, I – um, I love the fact that, that, that guys around the league and, and, and teams around the league um, are looking to my staff for possible head coaching candidates. I think, I think you know, Frank Reich a couple years ago and, and now Jim. Jim's obviously been a former head coach, and, and uh, I, I think he would make a, a tremendous head coach again and, and his leadership and, and obviously what he has brought uh, to me and, and how he I've been able to lean on him through his experiences as a former head coach. and. Um, Jim's done an outstanding job with with our defense, obviously, and um, you know the improvement that we saw throughout the course of this season. So uh, I, I'm excited for him and his opportunity, and uh, wish him wish him the best. Is he coming back? He'll be on a plane back here at some point after the interview. I mean, if he doesn't get a job. Oh yeah, part of the evaluation process and all that. Um, I, I would assume yes. I mean, but you said you had. Yeah, Jim is he's currently my DC. Yeah. This question is for Howie. He's coming back on the plane. He's coming back. He is coming back. I mean, we got meetings. Howie, you touched on this earlier, but in the offseason, bringing back so many veterans, you're Jason Peters, you're Darren Sproles, you're Deshaun Jackson. What was your reaction and the lessons that you can take seeing how young this team had to go when you talk about the youth that needs to be instilled into this team now? Yeah, it's a great lesson. I think that um, you have to let young players play, and uh, it's natural for us to want to have a, a safety net at every position. And, um, you know, we have to allow these young players to grow and get some experience and just just the energy they injected into the team and obviously the production that they had. So uh, we have to balance that. Uh, again, uh, some of those guys, like, you know, you talk about Darren Sproles. And, you know, for us, our decision to bring back Darren um, was, one, you know, we had some early games on the road in Atlanta and Green Bay where – uh, we thought that it would really help this football team to have a veteran returner. You know, we've been in ex- experiences before where um, we went into hostile environments and uh, maybe had a young player returning punts, and um, we had tremendous faith in Darren. And we also felt like 
uh, what Darren could do for Miles in Boston, what Darren did do for Miles in Boston. I mean, those guys for the rest of their careers will be affected by Darren Sproles being on this team, seeing how he prepares for games, seeing his work ethic. And so, uh, you know, there's value to having veteran players on the team that's bigger than just their on-field contributions. Um, yeah, Howie, this is actually for, for both of you, but the backup quarterback, it's, you know, it seemed like for the longest time you, you guys were really high on Nate, and then all of a sudden when he got, he got hurt, he's the number three. Uh, what went into that? And, and the, the second part to that is, you know, if he's not here next year, which obviously he's on an expiring contract, and so is Josh, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Kyle Aletta and any, anybody else that you might have to bring in? Yeah, the first part uh, I'll let Coach answer. Um, I think the second part about it is Kyle had the opportunity to learn our system, to really grow this year, uh, watch uh, great that, – that room is made up of great professionals and um, – I think for him it will help his development and his growth, and, and he'll have an opportunity here in the offseason and, and next year in the preseason uh, to get some experience and, and to show where that led off. You're going to have to have him repeat the question, aren't you? No. no I, this, this is an easy one. Uh, first of all, I, I, I appreciate everything that Josh uh, McCown did and brought to this team, this organization. Um, his uh, mentoring with, with Carson, I think, was uh, – uh, second to none, obviously, because sometimes, sometimes you have relationships where, you know, the coach-player relationship is different than player-to-player relationship, and, and I think he and Carson really had a tremendous relationship all season and really helped helped him perform at a high level. Uh, Nate, it was unfortunate, obviously, the injury that happened at the end of camp. Felt like Nate was um, kind of poised and ready to to be the to be the number two, you know, here for us, and and uh, we'll see what happens, you know, this off season, obviously, with with him and. Uh, with Kyle, you know, uh, we get a chance to work with him, you know, this off season and and and, and see what see what he can do. But um, you know, uh, first, it was a great group. It was a great room, um, and uh, they did a they did an outstanding job this year for us. Howie, at the uh, trade deadline, you saw high-profile players, young high-profile players, traded at position that I I imagine you consider short-term and long-term needs. Um, I'm talking about Ramsey and, and Fitzpatrick. How would you characterize your level of aggressiveness, and why weren't you more aggressive? Well, um, I would say, I would say to our fans, our organization, I'm always aggressive, and at the same time, in calm times, you have to set a level that you're comfortable with. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into trades, um, including for the other team, them trying to project what the team they're trading with is getting. So. Um, if you have the same offer from two people and, and you think one team going forward may have a, a different record than the other, that's going to factor into the equation. And um, we weren't trying to sit on our hands on either of those two things, but you also have to be prepared to walk away. And um, you know, we think going forward we have a lot of players on this team that we're excited about that are high-priced players, and so we have to supplement them. And uh, we want to sustain success. We do not want to be – you know, kind of this up and down roller coaster ride. We want to give ourselves a chance every year in the playoffs, and so um, it's hard to give up that many resources. And we gave away a lot in the last three years. You know, you think about it when we came here and, and the trade we made for the quarterback, and we had made a trade for a quarterback before. And you know, obviously in seventeen we made a couple of trades for draft picks. So we were trying to be measured. I mean, you're talking about really good players. So it, it would be silly for us not to get involved in those discussions. But there also has to be a walkaway number. 
I have one for you, but first, just to clarify on, on Jeff's question, he asked you about Mike Rowe and you said he'll be back. I want him back. He asked you about um, Jim Schwartz. You were a little more vague. Just to clarify, if he doesn't get the Browns job or another job, do you want Jim back as your D coordinator? Yeah, and, and listen, I'm, I'm with all my staff guys. I mean, I'm in that process right now of evaluating and would love to have them all back, obviously. Um, we know what this league is about. Um, and anytime uh, an assistant coach can get a promotion, whether it's here or somewhere else, I, I encourage that. But, you know, as I evaluate and, 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 and look, I mean, we're only three days removed from the season, so everything's still fresh on my mind, too. So we're still evaluating, and uh, um, all my coaches are in that in that evaluation process as well. So, so when you say Groat and, and Car- Walsh are coming back. I mean, you know, listen, we- listen, I know what I said, okay? Um, and, and yes, but at the same time, I'm still evaluating the whole process, right? They are still currently here. And, and I'm going to continue to evaluate and uh, uh, assemble the best staff moving forward. But currently, yes, they're still here. Can I, can I just follow up with one for Howie? Just um, the current state of the cornerback. Uh, obviously, Darby and Jalen are, are free agents. Uh, <laughs> are you done? I'm done with you. Oh, Get out of here. Um, yeah, J- I wasn't going to push him out of the way. I mean, you know. <laughs> Jalen and Darby are free agents. Uh, Rasul and Sydney didn't play a defensive snap Sunday. Um, how do you see that position um, moving forward? Well, I'd go to the stock answer of we got to try to improve this team. Um, you know, I, I know, um, again, like I'm not trying to stick my head in the sand. I know there are a couple positions here that um, are a focal point, and I understand the reason for that. And, uh I think that uh, we got to get with our staff and decide kind of what we're going to do going forward, but also look at any way we possibly can improve the team. And uh, that's an important position. Uh, you see it. It's um, when you have a guy who can really kind of take over uh, and take one side of the field, but those guys are hard to find. They don't kind of grow on trees, you know. My favorite joke here is that I can't go out of the Novacare complex and just like pick one off a branch, you know. Um, but. Uh, we'll evaluate all that, and uh, when you talk about some of these young players, they also got some great experience, and um, proud of them and the way they competed. And you know, talk a guy like Sydney, a guy that really had so much adversity in his first couple of years, and and came in at the end of the season and really played well. Rasul, a guy who's tremendously competitive. So uh, we'll just see going forward. I mean, they didn't play a snap Sunday, so you know, there's something going on there. That's all. That's why. Drafted in the second, third round two years ago, and they couldn't get on the field. Something. That's why I'm specifically answering. Yeah, and I answered to the, to the extent that you know I felt it was appropriate. Howie, uh, Malcolm Jenkins told us on Monday that he didn't want to come back unless he had a new deal. Do you plan on sitting down and working on a different contract with him? We're not going to talk about contracts with any players, but it's important to us that we have discussions with our players. Um, and communicate with them. We we obviously understood that when Malcolm, where Malcolm was when he came to training camp and the conversations we have, um, I mean, what an incredible eagle, what an incredible player, what an incredible person um, he is and has been for us. And uh, But after that, you know, obviously we'll just kind of keep those conversations between us. A question for both of you on the uh, tight end position. Um, Zach? on Monday kind of indicated, uh, expressed some surprising uncertainty about whether he'd be back. Uh, is there any doubt about that? 
and he's got two years left on his contract. He's obviously going to cost a lot of money when he does sign a new contract with you or someone else. You've also got Dallas, who's emerging as a top tight end in this league. Can you afford to pay two, two tight ends top-tier money? And, Doug, are you committed to playing 12 personnel long-term? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I um, I think that um, from our perspective, you know, one, I think, uh, you know, just talking to Zach over the last couple of days, you know, Zach's got two years left on his on his contract. You know, he's a, he's a guy that's had a tremendous career. You know, he's got a chance to not only go in the Eagles Hall of Fame, but really the NFL Hall of Fame. And, um, I, you know, I, I think our goal is to keep our, our homegrown players here and, you um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but just having conversation, I don't think it was me- meant to be reflected about concern about his immediate future. And um, going forward, you know, part of the reason that we talk about, you know, trying to have more draft picks and young players is to keep our young players that are really good, like Dallas. So um, we'll go through that and, and the planning part of that going forward, but obviously a really good young player. Uh, time for three more questions. Okay. Go. Let me just follow up. My, my question was a little bag, I guess. Uh, 12 personnel. Um, obviously, it, it creates some, as we game plan, obviously, uh, 12 has been a productive personnel group for us. Um, there are times on third down where you probably want to be a little more 11, put a little more speed out on the field, things of that nature. But again, as we go through the season and dealt with the amount of injuries that we had, we felt as a staff offensively that, uh, that uh, it, it, our best was 12 and having both Zach and Dallas on the field at the same time. So moving forward, um, I, I think that's that's a starting point for us, obviously. But um, we do know that uh, uh, we'd love to have 11 personnel. We'd love to have 10 personnel. Uh, we'd love to have, you know, uh, 13 personnel with three tight ends. I mean, you know, we play that quite a bit. So, uh, But 12 is a big, big part of our offense. Uh, yeah, for both of you, uh, it's been three days since you know you saw that hit on Carson Wentz. I just wondered, you know, what your view of that is now. Was that a legal hit in your opinion? Have you expressed anything to the league? Have you heard from the league? And do you think Carson gets the same amount of respect as some of the other quarterbacks in this league at his stage in in his career? Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you after the game, obviously, my, my comments on when I saw it, but then when I saw it again on Monday. It, it's unfortunate. Um, did I feel like it was? potentially an illegal hit it's possible but listen it's it's part of our game it happens um it gets missed um it's unfortunate for Carson I'm disappointed for Carson that he he obviously couldn't finish you know that that postseason game unfortunate for our team but I'm not gonna focus on the past I'm moving forward right now I'm not gonna dwell on you know one hit one play um so that's that. But do you, do you think he gets the respect that some other quarterbacks get at this stage of his career? Um, I, I, I do. Um, listen, you know, all mobile quarterbacks, they become runners at some point. And, you know, that's just uh, that's kind of the give and take with these guys. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've encouraged Carson to use his legs when he can. And in that particular time, he it was a broken play, and, and he was making a play. And, again, it was unfortunate, the, the hit. But, um, you know, I, I do think that – once they become runners, it's, it becomes different. That's just the way the way the you know the league is. How's he doing, Doug? He's great. He's great. Um, uh, spoke to him last uh, last night. He was here. Uh, I'll see him again today, and uh, he, he's doing extremely well. Would you yeah. Able to play 
I don't know. You know, he have to clear the protocol, obviously, but uh, with with all indications, I, I think he'd be ready. Yeah. We'll do Bo and Dave, and then and please don't get a lot of other questions. For Howie, uh, do you believe that there is a, a correlation between uh, the spate of injuries over the last couple of years and the age of the roster? I think that when you talk about the chance of getting hurt, the older you get, the higher chance you have of getting hurt. So I definitely think that that's a factor in the injuries. I mean, my body doesn't feel the same way that it did, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. So um, yeah, the simple answer is yes. Howie, with uh, with Malcolm saying what he did Monday, does a public statement like that affect the way negotiations for a contract work? And how, how do you approach this offseason with him, knowing that? With him? Yeah. I, I think that uh, we have honest communication with all our players. You know, um, we talked to so many, uh, Coach and I, over the last couple of days, and uh, we talked to so many during the season. And so the, none of this is a surprise. This isn't like it's coming out of left field and that we don't uh, understand what they're feeling and what they're doing. And um, I understand. I understand all of our players. All of our players are trying to do what's best for their family and trying to get as much as they can. It's a short shelf life in the National Football League. So um, there's no hard feelings at all. Can I just ask a question that fans have been asking me to ask you guys? Are, do either you, whether it's the coaching staff or the personnel staff, feel like you should bring in a senior evaluator or someone on the f- offensive side to come in and look at the team and bring a different perspective to that process? For the personnel staff? For personnel and for, yeah. and for so how So on the personnel staff, we have, we have that. Um, we have Tom Donahoe, um, who's been a GM for a long time. Um, I would say our front office uh, – I say this, I, I'm extremely prideful in our front office. I think we have a great front office. Um, you know, we I, we lost, obviously, a GM candidate um, in Joe Douglas. Um, we have a very talented front office staff. Um, I, we're going to make some additions here in the next couple of days, which we'll announce, too, that we're excited about. Um, and we try to have different perspectives. We try to have different perspectives, just uh, objective and subjective, so that we're not um, getting married because – I know for me personally, one of my weaknesses is, is getting attached to our players. You know, there's no doubt about it. So um, we have a lot of voices who are not afraid to air their opinion. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we always want that. And obviously we have the coaching staff, too, who gives us uh, their opinions as well. So. Okay, thanks, guys. Offensively, senior, bring anybody else to look at the offense? In what do you consider? In what capacity? I don't understand. What, what capacity? Just well, I mean, to look at the. We've seen, you know, I remember Andy did it with bringing in Marty Morningweg, and, and we've seen other coaches do it. When wasn't Marty a coordinator or a coach here? Did he bring he him in again? Senior, was was after I gone? Was I let? I, 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 I think before he before. brought him in. When after he left the Lions, maybe I don't know. I don't yeah, know. my point it is, like, are you looking to bring in somebody else to, to look at the offense? Get my water. <laughs> um, you know, everything's obviously on the table. Yeah, I'm. I'm not opposed to doing something like that. I've actually thought. Even in my first year, you know, as a rookie head coach, to maybe bring in someone that has, obviously, just a, um, you know, um, a different perspective, different eyes, I guess, not coaching a position, or whatever. But those those are things that I continue to to look at. Um, I coach you did that on the defensive side. I did it. Yeah, I did it this past year with Matt Burke. You know, stuff like that. And um, you know, I trust I trust myself. I trust Howie and his team and, and my offensive staff. We got we got enough. Okay. Thank you. Oh. Sorry, Brett. <clears throat>